Thank you for downloading the podcast. We believe the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Lord, God, see all them people get the Holy Ghost this morning. That was awesome. My goodness. Man, to see God move in such a way like that just blows my mind. That's just, man, what do you do except just be thankful? Amen. Hallelujah. God is so good. Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. Now, we kind of said we've been studying hindrances to receiving healing, but actually, we're studying hindrances just plainly anything that would hinder you from receiving what you need from God. Amen. Sometimes it's not healing, sometimes you need finances. Sometimes you need favor in certain areas, especially if you've got a business or you, you work for somebody, you need favor. Uh, there are all types of things. Somebody, sometimes there's, uh, it's peace of mind. You, know, the, you need to receive deliverance. People need deliverance many times. So whatever it is uh, you need from God, uh, God wants you to have it. Let me ask you a question. How is God glorified if you don't receive anything? Amen. How is God glorified if you don't receive anything? Well, He's not. That's why He wants you to receive. On every level and in every area of life, God desires for you to receive. Now, last week we looked at a couple of scriptures. We looked at Proverbs 26 and we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. You don't turn there. You can turn to Mark chapter 6. But in both of those scriptures, first of all, Proverbs talked about how the curse causeless shall not come. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 we looked at, it said, For this cause many are sick, many are weak. Now, it's talking about in the church. Many are sick, many are weak, and many die prematurely. Now, the cause it was talking about is not discerning the body of Christ or not understanding the body of Christ, not understanding how God does things, not understanding how faith works. We saw this last week. The number one hindrance to receiving from God is a lack of information. People just don't know. If you don't know God heals, if you had not got your information from the Word of God, or if you've gone to a church all your life that taught you that God does not heal, you know, you got to be untaught. Amen. That has to be taken out of you because you don't realize how many times that through teaching over and over and over by teaching how a, a mindset can get in your mind so that you have basically a stronghold that keeps you from receiving. If you're told from the time you're a child that if you've got sickness, disease, it's God putting it on you, then you've got something you need to undo by the Word of God. Amen. Always remember this, John 10, 10. That's the divi- what we call the dividing line of the gospel. The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But then Jesus said this, I am come that you might have life and have it in abundance. So everything that's of the devil does what? Steals? Well, what does sickness and disease do? Well, it'll steal your health, peace of mind, money, amen. Steal your time. I mean, it takes time to be sick. (laughs) Amen. How many of you ain't got time to be sick? I don't either, amen. So it steals your time, and it steals all kind of other things out of your life. Well, other areas of your life where you might need to receive your finances, different things like that. But you've got to understand God is a good God. God loves you. God cares about you. And he wants you to have the full provision of what he has provided for you in Christ. But you have to learn about it. You have to understand it. You have to make a decision. I'm going to know the things of God so that I can receive the things of God. And say it kind of like this in your own spirit. I'm going to know what God has for me to receive, and I'm going to understand how to receive it. There is a how-to that will unlock the kingdom. Amen. There is a how-to that will unlock the kingdom. You discovered it when you got saved. When you got born again, you discovered a how-to. You say, what do you mean? When you got born again, you did what? 
you believed in your heart, you confessed with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, and when you did that, you received something that was available for you all along. Most people don't get saved till they get the knowledge of how to. Most people don't receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost till they receive the knowledge of how to. Most people do not get healed in their body till they receive the knowledge of how to. Now, I know there are exceptions when it comes to healing because we've seen great moves of healing, healing revivals. But I want you to know, even though you may get healed through a miracle or a gift of the Spirit in operation, you still need to know how to keep it. Or the devil will try to steal it from your life. Amen. So now notice this. Let's pick it up in Mark chapter 6 just for a moment tonight. Speaking of Jesus, as he went down, verse 1, he went out thence. He went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. Now remember, Mark chapter 6, right after Mark chapter 5. Think about Mark chapter 5 just for a minute. Mark chapter 5, great deliverance of the demoniac there at Gadara. 6,000 demons cast out of him. On the heels of that, a woman with an issue of blood. 12 years, the Bible said she had suffered many things of many physicians with nothing better but grew worse. But she heard of Jesus. When she heard of Jesus, she said, if I may touch but the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. She did, he did, she got it, and everybody got blessed because of it. Amen. And sandwiched in between that, there is the great miracle of the raising of Jairus from the dead. So it wasn't like there wasn't anything going on. I guarantee you the whole countryside uh, was abuzz with the talk of this guy doing miracles and signs and wonders and people getting healed and touching his garment and a girl being raised up and a demoniac being delivered. Everybody was talking, talking, talking about all this man Jesus was doing. Now it says this, he went from thence, or where he had been doing that, came into his own country, his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished. Now notice this. Astonished, saying, from whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and of Simeon, And are not his sisters here with us? Now notice this. And they were offended at him. Now can you imagine? I said, can you imagine? Here's Jesus. Signs, wonders, miracles, supernatural provision. Blessing of God flowing everywhere he goes. So he goes to his own town, hometown, his own home church and gets up and begins to teach. Now obviously they've heard of the miracles because they begin to talk about the works that they were doing. But they begin to question his origin. Who is he? We know his mother. We know they thought they know his dad. We know his brother. We know his sisters. Well, he's just like one of us. So they begin to doubt. Notice they use the word offended, or the King James used the word offended him. Listen to this in the Amplified. Amplified says, It's not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, and Judas, and Simeon, and are not his sisters here among us. And they took offense at him and were hurt. That is, they disapproved of him, and it hindered them from acknowledging his authority, and they were caused to stumble and fall. Now, notice what it says after that. But Jesus said unto him, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin and his own house, and, everybody say and. He could there do no mighty work. Now, listen. That's one of the misconceptions we have. Well, Jesus went about healing everybody. No, he didn't. No, he didn't go about healing everybody. 
He only went about healing those that would receive from him. The disciples, they didn't get healed under the disciples. Not all got healed. Some got healed. Some didn't get healed. Under Jesus' ministry, some got healed. Some didn't get healed. Those that came to him by faith. Now, he wasn't going around picking and choosing. Actually, there were more people choosing to be healed than he was choosing to be healed. Did you get what I just said? There were more people saying, man, this guy's a healer. I'm going to touch him. I'm going to cry out to him. I'm going to get him to do something on my behalf. But there were other people that began to doubt. Everybody say doubt. Listen, doubt will cause the mighty works of God to cease in your life. Now notice what it says. He could there do no mighty works. Mighty works. Save he laid his hand upon a few sick folk and healed. So how many got healed there? A few sick folk. Actually, one translation says this. Very few people with very minor ailments. That means people with a cold and people with a sore toe and no major things, no blind eyes open, no deaf ears unstopped, no major manifestations of his power. Why? Unbelief shut down the creator of the universe. Unbelief shut him down. Now listen, if unbelief shut him down then, unbelief shuts him down now. But then now notice this. It said he marveled. Everybody say he marveled. Because of their unbelief. But there's another and. And... He went about the villages teaching. Everybody say teaching. Now we know another scripture says of Jesus, he went about teaching, preaching, and healing. Well, we know teaching removes unbelief. Actually, as a believer growing in Christ, you need more teaching than you do preaching. Teaching is informational. Preaching is inspirational. Now, I love good preaching. I love good. I like when Brother Jeff Spring comes. He's one of my favorite preachers. Man, he can get up and just preach. He can spit cotton all over the congregation, run up and down, shout, jump, tell jokes, just have a great old time. But most of his ministry is a preaching ministry. But you notice when he preaches, it inspires people to receive. You get a good teacher come in and teach a few good lessons. You get Jeff coming in on the top of that. And all of a sudden you get signs, wonders, and miracles happen. You say, why? People get information. Then they get inspired. Then they receive. So we need more teaching than we do anything else. Now the Bible says of the last days that in the last days, this is actually Paul writing to Timothy in the book of 2 Timothy. He said in the last days, people literally will not endure sound teaching. That means you've got to force yourself. You've got to make yourself come to church on Sunday nights. You've got to make yourself come to church on Wednesday nights. You've got to sit there and look at your Bible. You've got to make notes. You've got to write it down. You've got to go back over it. And listen, let me just say this. You've got to check up on it. Because the real teacher is not the one standing behind the pulpit. The real teacher is that which is on the inside of you saying yes and amen to what this teacher is teaching you. Amen. So you've got to check up on everything that you're taught because you don't want to get into error. And I tell you, you don't follow any minister closer than you follow the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is the true guide. The Holy Ghost is the true teacher. But if you get up and teach under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, there is a voice within a voice that will help impart faith and remove unbelief from you. So could you imagine how Jesus must have felt? When here he goes to his own hometown. Now, he probably was figuring, man, I tell you, we've had miracles. We've raised the dead. We saw a woman sick for 12 years healed. We cast 6,000 devils out of us. Man, we're going to go home. We're going to have a revival. We're going to have a move of God. And what happened? People got offended. Now, understand this when it comes to receiving. Number one, everybody say number one, have faith in God. The Word of God imparts the faith. You receive. According to what 
the word of God says. We talk about healing. By his stripes, Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity, chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes, we're healed. That word will impart faith to you. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, verse, excuse me, Hebrews 1, that faith is the what? Substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Maybe you're believing God for finances. Uh, Philippians 4.19, my God, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Luke 6.38, give and it shall come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Amen. Deuteronomy, where is it? Over in uh, chapter 15, uh, verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 15. Uh, God gives you the ability to obtain wealth so that his covenant is established on the earth. Now, you must have faith that the word of God imparts to you by the confession of faith and acting on that faith, then the promise will manifest. Then you must have faith in those that minister to you. Now, let me say that again. You must have faith in those that minister to you. I just don't let anybody minister to me. I don't let anybody walk in the door. Hey, let me pray for you. I don't let anybody do that. And I don't let anybody do that around here. Amen. You've got to be careful. You've got to have confidence. There has to be a belief on the inside of you, number one, that that person's living right. Because you, you don't want no person that's not living right laying hands on you and ministering to you because they can impart to you the wrong thing. Amen. Secondly, you want somebody that knows the word and that if you have come by faith, they are also ministering to you by faith. Well, you don't want to walk in somebody and say, well, let's pray and see what happens. Well, I ain't want nobody praying for me like that. I heard somebody say, let's try it out and see what happens. That's not faith. No, we know our God and we know what he can do. So we have to have faith in the word, faith in those that minister the word to us, and faith that God can do what he said he's going to do. Now, real quick, go to, go to Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to wind this up. Is anybody getting anything tonight? Sometimes it just takes a little bit of teaching to get rid of some lot of unbelief, and then you can receive from God. Amen? Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Let me get over there. Hebrews chapter 10 Great redemptive chapter, redemptive book. Look there in verse 35 of Hebrews chapter 10. It says, cast not. Everybody say, cast not. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Listen to it in the Amplified. I love it in the Amplified. It says, do not, therefore, fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. Now, I wrote this down. Your confidence is more than just your faith. It includes your current faith, what, are you, what you are receiving now. It includes your future, what you're believing God for, and your hope coupled with all of your past experience. You are believing you are receiving and you are knowing that God is working on your behalf. You are confident because of what you've received in the past. You're confident because of what the Word of God is doing for you now. And you're expectant because you know in the future, God shall show up. Now listen, the Bible says, don't fling it away. It's amazing to me how people have come sit in a meeting 
and listen to the Word of God taught and sit there week after week, month after month, year after year, and the Word is taught and the Word is taught and the Word is taught. And then some little old word of unbelief by some religious person, God can't do that. And you buy into that. Well, I knew somebody who went to a church like yours and they died. I know somebody that believed God like you did for finances and they went broke. And you allow one phrase or one sentence or one conversation to undo everything that God has done up on the inside of you. And you fling away or cast away your confidence. Now, here's good advice. Everybody say good advice. Don't get around those kind of people. Well, I'm trying to help them. No, you can't help anybody with an argument. There's always, <coughs> excuse me, there are always people trying to argue the blessing of God out of you. Well, that doesn't work. That's just a bunch of smoke and mirrors. That's a bunch of this. You know, I used to remember, uh, many of you remember back in the 80s, late 80s and into the 90s and all the controversy about Oral Roberts. How many of you remember all that controversy about And all people said all kinds of nasty things about him and all kinds of stuff. Well, Lee and I were privileged to get to meet him. And I want you to know the proof of the pudding is in the eating. When you meet men of God and you stand around and you listen to them talk, I, I, I learned about being the, around some of these men of God that were a really great statue of the previous generation. You don't say much. I used to, if I knew I was going to be with one, I would think sometimes for weeks, what kind of question can I ask them? What kind of, and I would, I'd ask them and I'd get information out of them and I'd make sure that they had answered my question. But we got around Brother Roberts and I remember one particular time, he was just standing there talking to me, just standing there like this and he was talking to me and he said, you know Rusty, he said, uh, he said my, my, my left hand, he said, God, God put a gift in my right hand, a healing gift. I was like, whoa, really? He was like, yeah, it's a healing gift. He told me, he said, I used to lay hands on up to 10,000 people a day. That's what he told me. He said, both of my shoulders are plastic. Because I wore my shoulders out laying hands on people. 10,000 people a day. Day after day after day after day after day after week after week after month after year after year. He said, I wore both my shoulders out. He said, now, feel my left hand. He put his left hand on my cheek. He said, feel my left hand. He says, that just feels like flesh, doesn't it? I said, yes, sir. He says, feel my right hand. He put his right hand. It got about right here to my head, and I was looking up at the lights. I was laying on the floor. I said, my goodness. Then he ministered with that right hand to Leah and I. We were standing there by next to his couch. And I'm telling you, he gathered us both next to him and laid that right hand upon me, laid that right hand. And I mean, the power of God hit us and laid us out on that couch. And I don't know, I'll tell you, I don't know if I'm over it yet. And then talking to him and fellowshipping, I found a man of integrity. Found a man of great grace. I found out don't believe everything somebody says about people, especially if they don't know them. It's only rumors. It's only innuendos. And if they are people of great faith and people that are doing things in the kingdom of God, usually that's an attack of the enemy to get your faith away from the gift of God that God places inside men. I could tell you stories about other ministers like that, but he was one that impressed us and caused great blessing in our life. So you've got to understand God builds confidence. Your experience that you received last year and the year before and back then, and then what you're currently believing God for, what you're looking forward to, that is that confidence. Don't let somebody undo that. There's always persecution that rises up. Listen, the more you are into the kingdom of God, the more you are into the things of God, the more persecution is going to come against you. You got some little old 
weak, wimpy religion. Doesn't make a hill of beans to anybody. Doesn't have no power in it. Nobody says anything about that. Nobody cares about that. Actually, the world will celebrate that. But if you enter into the power of God, you get saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. You believe in signs and wonders and miracles. Listen, the world is going to oppose you. They're going to persecute you. They're going to tell you you're crazy. But the good news is you're not crazy. You found the wellspring of life. You found Jesus. The living Savior, the Lord of all. So don't cast away your confidence. It have, you, you have uh, cast not away therefore your confidence without great recompense of the reward. Next verse. For you have need. Everybody say, I have a need. You have need of patience. Now remember, patience is a fruit of the recreated spirit. Get down and say, let's just have a patience meeting. Let's all come up. I'm going to pray for everybody that they'll have patience. You won't get any. You won't get any at all. Amen. You say, why not? doesn't say pray for it. It has to be developed. Patience is part of the recreated human spirit. Patience, the word patience means cheerful endurance with consistency. A lot of people do not receive because they're just not patient. Not many amens on that. Somebody said to me one time, well, I thought, that, I thought that God gives you tribulation. No, no, God doesn't give you tribulation so that you might have patience. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 that tribulation literally will activate that power on the inside of you that will help you enter into patience and appropriate grace into your life in a time of need. Patience, cheerful endurance with consistency. Let me just be honest. It comes from spending time with God. You see people that are impatient, they're not spending any time with the Lord. They come into church on Sunday. They're coming to church maybe once a month, twice a month. Then they're going out and they're just running crazy in life. Hoping and a-wishing. Wishing and a-hoping. Maybe God will show. <laughs> I like what one preacher said. They're playing the gospel casino. They come to church. Oh, I hope God, I hope Pastor Rusty calls me out today. Lays hands on me and all my problems are over with. You may laugh, but that's the way a lot of people are. You know, they hope that somebody has the big wheel, you know, with a, you know, you know, what the guy say, I'm going to win a Winnebago, you know, Winnebago, no, 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 you know. You're not going to win a Winnebago. You're going to have to trust God. You have to be patient. Some cheerful, everybody say cheerful. Smile, everybody smile. You're going to heaven. God loves you. You might as well smile. Amen. Cheerful. Endurance. Everybody say endurance. With some consistency. That means when the pressure's on, you don't bend. You don't break. You don't just, well, it ain't going to work. That's it. I forget that. When you give up, that does not mean the problem goes away. Let me try that again. When you give up, that does say, well, I just... Uh, forget I'm, 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 that's it I'm not reading the Bible no more I'm not going to church okay devil I'm not messing that doesn't mean okay the devil says, okay that's fine now I'm going to take the sickness and disease off you you'll get a check in the mail on Monday I will reward you for your unbelief the devil does not reward unbelief God rewards faith you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God you might receive what what he has promised so your patience is a valuable tool in receiving that which is the will of God for your life. I have been 30 years waiting on some things. Still praying. 
Still patient. Still believe in God. I had, a, I had a, what I would call a vision, really the only vision I ever had years ago. That was in September of 1984 when I was in Bible school, laying in my room over on 2714 Baluch, laying there praying in the Holy Ghost. I had a vision, saw the island, saw the island, looked like a big dark storm cloud. All I could see was demonic faces, and I saw a bright light come right through them, and the light hit the island. Then all of a sudden, all this light spread all over the island, and then all of a sudden, all that light came up off the island, and all that demonic power just disappeared I said glory to God well it's taken us 30 years to God believe that the light has pierced down through that now we're seeing the light spread all over the island we're seeing that that took 30 years it took 30 years to begin to see that begin to happen well it's worth it I said it's worth it every soul that gets saved what a precious how many anybody in the early service this morning Oh, man, that young man that got saved this morning, so precious, big tears, rolled, just so repentant, so just drinking in the life of God. I mean, what's that worth? Everything. It's worth waiting on the Lord. It's worth cheerful endurance with consistency. It's worth standing against the wiles of the devil. It's worth living right, doing right, being right, praying, studying the Word of God, staying consistent in the Word of God to see people touched by the power of God. And in your life, if you will make a decision, one of the greatest prayers you can ever pray is what I like to call the I'm not going to give up prayer. That's kind of what I've coined it. You lift your hands up to the Heavenly Father. He loves you so much. And you say, Heavenly Father, I'm not going to give up. Then you say, by the way, while I'm talking to you, I know seated at your right hand is Jesus. So I'm going to say to Jesus, Jesus, I'm not going to give up. Then you say, Holy Spirit, I know you're in me through the new birth. I know you're on me through the baptism. I want you to know, Holy Spirit of God, I'm not going to give up. Then you say to the devil and all his cohorts, devil, I want you to know, I'm not giving up. Ever demon force, I want you to know, I'm not giving up. Then you tell all the angels that are all around, angels, I want you to know, I'm not giving up. Then you know where to go. Anybody know? Go to your bathroom. You look in the mirror. You point at that person, look it back at you, and you say, now listen to me. You listen to me. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up on my dream. I'm not giving up on what God says belongs to me. I'm not giving up on my healing. I'm not giving up on my prosperity. I'm not giving up on my family being restored and saved. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. And I guarantee you, if you will make a decision to do that, God will put in you a want to that will not give up, and you will stand and see what you need delivered to you by your faith and the power of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Lift your hands and worship the Lord. Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services, Sunday morning, 1045, Tuesday prayer, 730. Thursday evening, midweek service, 7.30. We are located 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.